0: on this episode of missing the point we preview the 2021 nfl draft with the first two picks mostly set in stone we'll try and figure out the best fit for each team and give you some interesting scenarios that might take place thursday night this is missing the point episode 56 but it's all relative Welcome into to Missing the Point. I am your host, Michael Marcangelo, and today we are talking about the 2021 NFL Draft, and to do that, I'm joined by Broadway Joe Malkin, the real BK Bob Kelly, and the Hollywood Wale Rayshawn Buchanan. Fellas, lots to talk about today. Don't really care how you're doing. Before we go through the list of people that are drafting, what we think is going to happen, something that we were talking about in the pre-show, there's already a biggest loser of the night. It's the Houston Texans. How awful are their prospects recently? Bobby, I'll let you you start it off.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going through stuff. And this team, we've talked about this almost like, I think three NFL shows in a row, how far this team has truly fallen. And I just want everyone out there to know that possibly the worst talented team in the NFL does not have a draft pick for the first two rounds of the NFL draft. That is just, it's atrocious how far they've let this team actually fall from AFC champions, or close to AFC champions two years ago, one quarter away, to just an atrocity of an NFL franchise. But yeah, it's crazy.
2: Well, I mean, 64 picks that they don't have a pick, and we were talking, too, about the Patriots and why they don't have a third-round pick, and that's due to some other issues that are actually tied to some of those guys that were in Houston that made – Two horrendous trades, one of which was DeAndre Hopkins. And then, of course, the the general manager gets fired. The head coach gets fired. They can't get anybody to coach that team. They have to go get Nick Casario. They have a terrible owner. And now they have no picks in the first 64 picks of the draft.
1: And it's for an offensive lineman. It was for... Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, Tunsil.
2: Which we can talk about it when we get there, Mike, but big market tease. There is a team in the AFC East who has basically robbed everybody and is going to compete with the other two teams that should be at the top of that division probably within the next two years
0: before we dive into it ray how hard do you think a team would have to try to replicate the dumpster fire that has been houston over the past two years
3: I mean, you literally have to trade, like, every pick and then trade the best players, probably. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's amazing to me. And, like, J.J. Watt put it together perfectly before he left. You know, there was um, was a clip with him walking out the field with Deshaun Watson and him saying, you know, man, you know, I'm sorry, brother. You know, we wasted a year. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, J.J., you know, you wasted a few, too, because you was always on the sideline like me on the couch chilling. So, you know, hey, you know, best of luck to you in Arizona. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Nick Castario, you know, have a day, have a year, have a month. I don't know. Crying the car, crying the corner, I, I don't know. But it's going to be outside of the like I, I always say outside of the adult entertainment. I don't know what Houston is going to be offering. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's scary hours out there for.
0: for I mean, Texas. it was it was probably a really stressful year for Deshaun Watson. I'm sure he slid into a couple of DMs to get that rubbed out. Now, if we want to go through the the draft, I had to had I to. wow think, <laughs> wow wow. I think Jesus. you know we all have a we all have a general consensus of the first couple of picks, right? You know that we know that Trevor Lawrence is probably going number one. Yeah, he is. However. In the spirit of content, I want to pose a question. I'm going to do this every couple of picks. Now, there are people from the four-letter network that have drawn up conspiracy theories about trades that could happen, just for the sake of argument. I'm going to throw this out there. If you guys hate it, we'll, we won't spend time on it. Craig will cut it and post. But number one, Jacksonville Jaguars trade their number one overall pick to the Los Angeles Chargers. They receive Justin Herbert, safety Derwin James, and the 13th overall pick, and the Chargers get
1: one and number 65. Do you do it? Uh, I don't think you do it if you're them, because Herbert, to me, is already proven. You know what I mean? You know what you're getting with Herbert, because he was electric last year. Derwin James, even though he's injured a lot, is one of the best safeties in the NFL. So I just don't – it's not worth the risk to me if you're you're L.A. on that. And Jacksonville, I mean, if you trade away this pick – and he ends up being Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be, sorry, DK, the Chicago Bears forever. You can't do that. You know what I mean? You just can't.
0: Joe, is there any other offer out there that you would even entertain this for if you were Jacksonville? Yes. Not not Mahomes.
2: Right. Well, that that's what I mean. I mean, it would <laughs> have to be something like that. I mean, I'm with Bobby on this one. You have a defensive coordinator in Brandon Staley who's going to be your first year head coach. You have a Justin Herbert who's going to be in his second year and was basically given – basically said he was going to be the starting quarterback when Tyrod Taylor left for Houston, right? So he's the guy in L.A., or at least on that side of uh, the, the locker room within the stadium in Inglewood there. But I think it would be more silly for L.A. to make that trade than it would for Jacksonville. But also Jacksonville has to look at it this way. They just went out and hired Urban Meyer, who love him or hate him is one of the best college coaches of our generation, and he likes the style of quarterback that Trevor Lawrence is. I think he fits in Urban Meyer system better than Justin Herbert does, which means Justin Herbert is going to stay in L.A. and work that Chargers offense, and I think that's where he needs to be. And they're going to have to surround him with younger guys.
0: Ray, I saw you nodding. Like, what do you think? Hell hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I
3: would definitely entertain that. Are you kidding me? To get sunshine over to California? Hell yeah. What are we talking about? I would definitely look to do that. And I get the 13th, it's not like I'm getting like the... The 31st, like I'm getting the 13th pick, so I there's still going to be a receiver on the board that I could pair with Herbert down there. Listen, uh, Herbert definitely have legs. I don't know if we watched his highlights, I'm, I'm sure we have obviously because we watched, yeah, he's some- fast. He, he's he's pretty quick, he you knows how to run. He definitely has an arm. And I mean, outside of Hunter Henry, like who were they playing with out there in San Diego? Because like Keenan Allen, like, he's more up and down, you know, and there's no weapons there, so yeah, if I'm LA. And I'm Justin Herbert. They bring it up to my agent, saying like, "Hey, you know, we have this deal in place to maybe get the one number one pick, and you know, we'll, we'll trade Justin over to, to Jacksonville." Hell yeah, Duval County, here I come. Atlantic mm. Ave, here I come. <laughs> I, 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 I'd have been to LAX immediately.
2: I'd, I'd rather be on the team that moves from San Diego to L.A. than from Jacksonville, Jacksonville
1: to London. Facts, facts.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
3: Hartford got good food in London, but I mean, I, I,
2: but
1: other than that, yeah, I wouldn't
2: want it's to keep it all Americanized, right? You you just get it here anyway.
1: Let's be honest. When the commissioner walks up to the podium yeah. on Thursday night, Trevor Lawrence's name is going to be what's pulled out.
0: Yep, I agree. I think we all agree the general consensus is Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yep.
1: yeah. But but, two, you, but you
0: asked for these these picks that we think are very know, very rock solid. It's good to just to talk a little bit we'll about opening Open
1: could, it up, yeah. No, sure. facts, facts.
0: No, number two, the New York Jets. We all know that they need a quarterback, right? Because they just got rid of Sam Darnold. We all know. Are we all in agreement that it's Zach Wilson?
2: At this point, I think it is with the amount of movement they've had. I'll let you dive in deeper before I go because I, I have a lot to say about this pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think this pick is going to be Zach Wilson, and. I, I do have another little, just a tidbit again, because we thought that this was a rock solid pick. So I'm going to take the temperature of the room. And then Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to offer the possible trade in a world where this could happen. And then you can say yes or no. And then go into what you think about the, the overall Zach Wilson pick. Is that fair? Sure. Cool. With the number two pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the New York jets have traded with the Seattle Seahawks and have acquired Russell Wilson. The Seahawks get the number two pick the number 23 pick, the number one 107 pick, and the 20, uh, 2022 first round pick, whichever is better between the New York Jets and Seattle. Yay or nay?
2: This is where the New York Jets would be the New York Jets if they ever <laughs> entertained this. That is way too much to give up for Russell Wilson. You have the opportunity to draft a 22-year-old Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or Justin Fields, whoever they're going to go with, and I'll get to that after this. But That is way too much to give up for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's great. I love Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is a a top seven quarterback of the last 10 years. I think he's been phenomenal. I know there's a rift there between him and Pete. I think we could see him and another NFC quarterback on the move before the start of the season. And we can get there when we get there. There's the big market tease again. What's interesting to me about this second pick, Mike, and it's going to be the New York Jets that that the commissioner calls when he walks out onto the, up to the podium. But what's really interesting to me is how this went from. Justin Fields to Zach Wilson so quickly, and Bobby brought this up. And then I went and looked at it and I, I thought about what made sense for the New York Jets, right? They just traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, which is gonna come into a trade possibility that's that that is also gonna come up here later in this conversation. And with Robert Salah as the head coach, a defensive guy coming from San Francisco. He's gonna have he has a lot to work with in New York. Like he's basically been given the keys to the car, and that's good because I think he's gonna be a very good head coach in the NFL. What I really like is that the the offensive coordinator there is Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and I think Zach Wilson fits his style of offense. He yeah. was also he was also the quarterback coach in San Francisco, so now coming in as the uh, offensive coordinator. Zach Wilson is the better fit for the New York Jets than Justin Fields. And I don't think either one of those first two picks are going to be traded.
1: Yeah, Joe, you really hit the nail on the head, bro. And Mike, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you're going to say. Or close yeah, to it. Because that's exactly right. When it comes to, you look at that San Francisco offense and the type of quarterback they like, it's the Jimmy G, the guy who isn't going to win you the game, but he's not going to lose it for you. The guy who, when you do need him to win you the game, he can but it's not always going to be the case. And that's exactly who Zach Wilson is. This guy is fundamentally sound. He can come in day one and not lose you football games, which is, I think, what the route they're going is. He started day one. And I think that is just the right pick. You know, it, it's the lowest floor of all those potential quarterbacks, Zach Wilson. Like, you know what you're getting out of him. And if you surround him with the right weapons, he's going to be able to succeed. So
0: and, and they, have, do they right? have, right? One one they have, have, though. Yeah. What Corey Davis, in New York? Corey Davis.
1: They did sign Corey. Well, he's been kind of a bust, but I think that's where you see them go later. It they're going to really go heavy on offense and, and they need to protect him. That's the thing that they didn't do with Sam so, Donald is right, they didn't protect right, him, and right. they didn't give him weapons. But I, right. I see, I just see Salah as different though.
2: Um, common denominator there. Let me just jump in there because Matt Gase isn't the head coach anymore. And, and I, I think that's going to be the biggest difference is that Mike LaFleur is going to be a better quarterback whisperer at uh, Adam. G- what did I say? So you you Adam hate Wist- Adam so much you called him Matt. I, I hate Adam so much I just called him a different name. Ray, I, I got to throw in there. This is the first time I've, as an AFC fan of an AFC East team, this is the first time I've actually looked at the New York Jets and said, all right, there's going to be some competition in the AFC East because Buffalo's already good. Miami's on their way. And as long as New England has Bill Belichick, they're going to be fine. But it's new, new. Looking at that New York team, they're not going to be able to surround him immediately. Now they, they've started to, right? But they're not going to be a playoff team in 2021, and they know that. I think the coaching staff knows that. I think the quarterback, when he gets drafted, is going to know that, and they're not going to try and shoot for the moon in 2021. And I think that's realistic. And I think that's why, yeah, they don't have anybody, but they don't need anybody yet. That that's they're going to build it around. Them.
3: Well, I mean, shout tell, tell out to Robert Saylor. Like, I don't see him as that type of guy to mail it in. That's not. His I'm not mentality. saying he's
2: gonna. Ma- I'm not saying he's gonna mail it in. But he's no, not. You, gonna you, be oh, to you build. just saying
3: like the, the talent warrants them to like not be that good. Yeah, gotcha. Right. Well, yeah. I, to me, I feel like he's going to coast them to like maybe six or seven wins. I can see the easily see them going seven to ten. That'd easily. be great. That's that's he's awesome, yeah. Really, you know, so the I, I think, up. yeah, you know, what I'm saying. So, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna joke and say, like, what do you mean? Of course, you get Russell Wilson and Harry. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, <laughs> you know me. I'm I'm always about the veteran. Like, I'm, I'm i get, the young guys. But I'm always the veteran. The guy has proven, and once again, he's 32, not 42. But as we see, there's still guys that's in their 40s that still can play well. So Russell Wilson's a proven commodity. He'd be great in the Jets. Would be great playing for Robert Seller, in, in my opinion. But like I said, that's not going to to happen. It's and like I said, I Right, no, yeah, I was going to say, like, I agree with you. Like, that's, that's, it is, it is way too much. Even though we don't know what those picks are going to turn into, but it's like, you have to continue to build this team, right? And I could really see this being, like I said, if they do end up drafting Zach Wilson, I just feel like this could be a better situation uh, for them, like how it was when Mark Sanchez got there, right? Yeah. And, you know, Rex Ryan came in there. And like I said, they went on, on a nice little run there for, you know, two or three years. So um, I could easily see that because like, the defense is going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> If you can't play, you know, so they will not be coughing up on defense. Uh like the right there, so it's not, not, not going to happen. So
2: okay, if they they can't mortgage their future, and they're no matter what the Jets do, they're still going to be over over sucked by the Houston Texans. So I think going with Zach Wilson is, is a good pick. I mean, that BYU offense is a pro style offense. Yeah, uh, he's six two two fourteen. He's not undersized, but he's not Tom Brady either. And and he plays a good game. I mean, he, he plays a very good game and he's smart. And I don't think he's as much of a project as a couple other quarterbacks we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think that that brings us to, to the third overall pick, which in reality, right, this the entire draft hinges on the decision that happens on this pick, right? Because we've been hearing so much about the rise of Mac Jones, kind of the fall of Justin Fields. And you know, maybe like maybe Jimmy is their guy and they put a, and they put a, another weapon around him. So I'll, I'll open it with Ray first. Number three, San Francisco 49ers. What, what's their biggest need and what do you think they do? I mean, the biggest need is still quarterback,
3: right? I mean, especially if you're saying that Jimmy G is not someone who's going to be healthy or part of the future. Listen, they're going to say all the, the rhetoric they want in front of the camera. That's what they do, right? You have to save face. But the, clearly, Kyle Shanahan is looking to move on. Clearly, John Lynch is looking to move on. Clearly, John Lynch is seen Jimmy G like Brad Johnson. It's like, okay, yeah, great, we got to a Super Bowl. Well, they won with Brad Johnson, but you know, that's a casual name drop for you there. If you don't remember who that was, but you know, he, uh, excuse me, you know, I, I think they feel, I feel like they've gotten as far as they can with him. That's how they feel. I should say. So if that's the case, then you do go with Mac Jones number three, and you know I I actually believe that if Mac Jones gets drafted by San Francisco, you're looking at the rookie of the year.
0: Why though? I don't
3: understand. And I'm saying, and, and, that, and I'm saying, and that offense, you're looking at rookie of the year. Yeah. Because he he, he he is exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. He's literally he, he he's Kirk Cousins. He, he's a souped-up Kirk Cousins. That's exactly what he is. Exactly okay. what he is.
0: All right, so let's spend a little time here. Aside from Kittle, who does that offense have that will make Mac Jones the the rookie of the year?
1: The run game, man. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's
3: yeah. The, the run, it, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Bobby. But it, it'll be enough to offset what the, offset the mistake. He's not going. He's not going to make the mistakes. He's he's definitely accurate. That that's for damn sure. He's accurate. He's yep. going to throw, you know, at least sixty five, maybe seventy percent of his passes. Going to complete that. And like I said, you know, any Shanahan team runs the ball. There's someone off right left, you know, and they'll figure it out. You know. It, it, and you forgot about my guy, Debo. Let, let's not be disrespectful. Debo Samuel is a problem, too.
0: Yeah. So, just saying. I mean, Bobby, you, you were going to jump in there, but, but isn't it fair to say that anyone, like any real quarterback in the SEC would have been a 65 to 70% completion percentage? No, if, if that wasn't had, the case. If they had Waddle and DeMontis Smith to throw
1: to you? No, I mean, listen, to, to put up stats of 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, and four interceptions, you got to be a dog, bro. Not not anyone can put up those numbers. You know what I mean? Like, listen, we're not talking about A.J. McCarron. You know what I mean? This guy is on a different level of Alabama quarterback. You look at his accuracy, the way he throws the ball downfield and and he's so good in the pocket. That's the one thing that I keep seeing people compare him to some of the greats. Brady is his pocket, his Brady. Yeah, that's, that's, I didn't want to say it, but that's what people are comparing that pocket presence that he has. Like when you the watch the tape and you see it, it's that, yeah. that slide forward, yep. man. He's got it. And in San Francisco with a good offensive line and a good run game, he could really succeed, man. He really can. And fast, fast.
3: There was a story that came out and I, I'm trying to remember where what, what I heard it from, but basically he was just throwing bombs and, in their practice and Nick Saban basically told him, Hey, you know, don't, you know, you know, stop throwing, you know, stop throwing these type of touchdowns, whatever, during the practice. And he basically was like, you know, tell your defense to play. Like I I like that type of attitude. I'm yep. here for it. I'm here for it. So, so that to me is a guy that I want on my team. Yeah. He may have the dad bod is, you know, my guy DJ Bean has been talking about on BST tonight, but it's just like, Hey, dad bod or not, he, he can throw it. And like I said, if he goes to San Francisco, you're looking at the rookie of the year, in my opinion. Like, it's not even
2: close. Tommy was Doughy when he came out, too. And that's okay. Nice. It's okay to be Doughy. So, Mike, you say, who does he have to throw to? Who do, What kind of offense does that have? Are, it, it, isn't anybody going to be good with those two receivers in Alabama? Historically, SEC quarterbacks suck in the NFL. With, with the exception of a few, of course. Peyton Manning and, you know, hopefully a Mac Jones. But, sec quarterbacks are typically not nfl quarterbacks i think this guy is different do i think he wins as much or plays as well without guys like that no but that's going to be on any team but bobby and ray just hit it on the head with the run game i mean uh, Raheem Mostert in your backfield. Jeff Wilson Jr. played well. Wayne Gallman's there this year. You have Debo Samuel, Brandon, uh, George Kittle is one of the top three tight ends in the league. I mean, Ayuk's
1: a problem, too. He's Ayuk good. is Ayuk a problem. Is good,
2: man. And then Bobby said it. I mean, your front five is Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, Daniel Brunskill, and Mike McGlinchey. I mean, that's a hell of an offensive line. And then if you, and then uh, Ray just pointed it out, if you go to the other side of the ball, you have one of the best defenses in the league when they're healthy. And that's what we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like when Jimmy's healthy, he wins. That's what Mike and Mike, you and I have been saying to, to Bobby for a long time. And that's part and parcel to the fact that Kyle Shanahan, much like his dad, does not need a top tier quarterback to win. We're not going to we're not going to know who Mac Jones is for a while because John yep. Elway wasn't John Elway immediately either, right? They Man, had to sure. they sur- much like Troy Aikman. They surrounded John Elway with a really good running back and a very good number 1 receiver and yep. a very good tight end. So yep. when when they did that, they won bringing it back full circle mac jones is stepping into an offense that has a very good running back two very good wide receivers and a top tier tight end so
0: Mm. this is where Mike. do you
2: know (laughs) this is where mike it opens up the entire draft because no matter what they do at three it's going to change because they're going to do more that has nothing to do with their draft
0: pick right yeah so uh, one last question that I had before we move on to, to number four is what happened? Because I thought that Justin Fields was the clear cut number three. And I thought Mac Jones, like we were talking back in, in, in January, even as uh, early as February, Mac Jones could fall to the Patriots. W- what have they seen that I'm missing? Because I think if you just compare the two, I would rather build a team around In in today's current NFL, Justin Fields than Mac Jones.
2: He's more raw. Justin Fields is more raw than Mac Jones. I I mean, I think it's possible. That's when you look at the type of athlete that the guy is, right? Like, Like, look at the three guys we just talked about up at the top and then add Justin Fields into it. Trevor Lawrence is a complete quarterback, right? He's smart. He can throw. He can move if he needs to. And he's got a great attitude towards the game. Okay, Then you have a a pro-style quarterback in Zach Wilson that is also intelligent and can throw the hell out of the ball, and he's going to game manage for you. And I think Mac Jones is a very similar quarterback to that, where, as Ray said, he's going to make those short to intermediate throws and doesn't need to throw the long ball. No, that offense. Where Justin Fields is coming out of a style of offense that is not – it's very college you know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily pro style.
1: Ohio State, right? Like that. that, that yeah. There. It's lots of motion offense. Lots of motion. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: It's such a but, big 10 style. So right, the, exactly. the
1: thing is, it just came down to the style. When that trade was made, that was the worst possible trade for Justin Fields. Yeah. Because automatically that, that put him at a point where he's not getting picked that third pick anymore, because even if they weren't picking, even if they weren't picking Mac Jones, what I've heard is is Trey Lance. That's the only other guy that they're thinking about. So like, it it just was the style of the offense. And also to be honest, we've seen it year after year. NFL teams are fucking stupid. You (laughs) You know what I mean? Like,
0: but it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like the Niners are stupid here.
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, like, we'll get to it later. There's a couple guys that are going to drop that. It just makes – it makes absolutely – it's blasphemy that certain guys drop down the floor. but yeah. It's very
2: interesting. Real quick, Ray, it's very interesting that everybody, especially in Boston sports media, is talking about how Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are, would not be good poker players. I think they'd be great poker players because I think they're telling us they have a deuce and a seven when they're really sitting there with a king and an ace. You know what yeah. I mean? Like – I mean, they have so many options here and Miami wasn't going to pick a quarterback. That's what, I mean, it it was proven when they moved out of the three spot, they weren't, they're going with two of this year. And that's honestly, that's the smart decision. Let the kid develop. Like don't throw the 40 year old Harvard graduate with the magnificent beard and great legs, run your offense. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm sorry. I I think he's (laughs) phenomenal, but they weren't going to draft a guy there because they have to. And Brian Flores this was a great trade, the first of two, but this was a great trade for them. And I, I think that San Francisco is smarter than they look, but they're going to get exactly what they want and maybe nothing more, but they're going to get exactly what they want out of this. Right.
3: So just want to want to stick with, you know, because we're talking about just the field. So I think, you know, we had a good back and forth on the college football playoff show that we did way back in, I think, late December, early January. So, show notes. and Yeah, and the show notes. Put in the show notes, baby. That's right. One of those will show, baby. You know, and I talked about, I said, Justin Phillips was more up and down than my weight. That was my exact quote. And I was just like, you know, I like him. I I, I really do. I, I think he's I think he's a hell of a player. He showed me something, you know, in that game that he, you know, cracked his ribs and, you know, he came back and, 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 and led them to a few scores. Like, I, I was like, okay, this is, that's toughness that is needed at that position. However, and I still ask the same question that I asked back then. Just name me a quarterback from Ohio State that's actually panned out.
1: I'll say it again. I mean, Craig Krenzel. He's a doctor, bro.
3: Yeah, I'm Bobby on the field, <laughs> on the field, on the field, on the field. So say, saving lives—that's what's up. That's dope. But I'm like Craig Krenzel, nothing.
1: Troy Smith, nothing. Braxton Miller, nothing. There's literally no one. No, there's literally there's Troy, li- literally Troy, no Troy one. Smith. I'm pretty sure that we, we <gasps> decided that Troy he Smith. And he got, Troy he Smith got is the, the most round. successful out of all of them, out of every single Ohio State quarterback. Well, maybe Troy maybe Smith maybe, is the maybe, most Terrell,
3: maybe
0: Terrell Pryor, maybe, but cause he actually
3: had some. He has some good years, not as a quarterback,
0: but hold on, didn't? Oh God. The... Joe Burrows technically is an Ohio State quarterback. He transferred. Yeah, from yeah. Ah, Stop it. Stop. 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 That
2: count. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Jesus, Mike. Stop You're it. the host. You're not
3: Stop supposed it. to say nonsensical
0: things like that. Just trying to flex a little anti double. That's
3: like De'Aaron King goes down in Miami <laughs> and he goes to the league and starts balling out. Well, you know, he actually was a Houston Cougar. Stop it. Everyone yeah. knows him from him being from the U now that he's over there. That's no.
2: Hell no. Now, when we interviewed Anthony Trish from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Anthony, just a real, a little snippet of what he had to say about Mac Jones, if I can find it. So great decision-making, processing speed, uh, a top 10 quarterback. And he said that I think Mac Jones, this is a quote, I think Mac Jones will end up as a top 10 pick. But Devontae Smith, one of his wide receivers who we've mentioned here twice now, as the days get closer to the NFL draft, he thinks that he might slide out of the top 10 and be there at 15. So Anthony Trish called this Mac Jones move up a long, a long time ago.
0: So the number four pick it's Atlanta. I think their needs it's interesting, right? It it, it depends on if they decide that they want to move away from Matt Ryan, or if they're committed to him for a couple more years and they want to surround him with talent. I personally believe that they want to surround him with talent. I think they're they're going to draft uh, Kyle Pitts, Florida tight end. He, he fits their system. Great compliment player. Dog, uh, I, I, I started with Ray last time. Bobby, I'll start with you now. Uh, how do you feel about that pick? Does that address their needs?
1: Yeah. So I, I just don't see... You know, you're in this last hurrah with Atlanta for sure, with Matt Ryan. You're coming down the home stretch with him, Julio. And right now, Kyle Pitts is it, just a no-brainer, man. He's such an athletic freak and you plug and play him day one and you all of a sudden have one of the most dangerous offenses in the league again you know what I mean you'll have Julio Ridley you already have Hayden Hurst and now you're gonna add in Kyle Pitts as well listen Matt Ryan was most successful when he had weapons around him worst case scenario right Matt Ryan's not good this year and you're not great and all of a sudden you still have Kyle Pitts and you're back at the top of the draft again next year you know what I mean I I I, I really see especially with a new regime I, I think they gave it one year with Matt Ryan and then we see Kyle Pitts go off to, board. to Joe's
0: point before he makes it you have Julio until June 1st at least well, fair yeah right? Joe what are the Falcons needs and what do you think that they do
2: Well, let me tell you right here, uh, because I'm reading it, and it it fits the Kyle Pitts M.O., right? So it says they need a tight end. Their secondary needs are a lot on defense, cornerback, edge, and then they need a a quarterback, an offensive tackle, a running back. I think a tight end's great, but by by my count right now, and I, I could be wrong, so I'm looking it up as we speak, they have one quarterback on the roster. And that's Matt Ryan. So I think what we're going to see here is they are either going to go Kyle Pitts and go with the status quo where everybody's saying that they're going to go, or they're going to say, listen, we have Hayden Hurst. We have the ability to trade. Julio Jones, which I think they're going to trade Julio Jones. They have two pretty good wide receivers there already. Julio's 32, bad foot. He's kind of on, he's kind of right now, he's the NFL's Albert Pujols with those foot injuries. And, you know, a home run hitter that's on his last leg, no pun intended. They've made some good signings in the offseason. They brought in Mike Adams from Carolina Cordero Patterson from the Chicago Bears I mean he's a versatile player they are locked into Matt Ryan though, which makes me think well I understand why I mean Matt Ryan isn't a an winner and we know that I mean I love Matt Ryan too uh, from Pennsylvania Boston College guy I get it I mean played with Luke keekley at BC like that was a good Boston College Eagles team too and I just I, I think that they're going to they're gonna surprise people. I don't think they're gonna go where we think they're gonna go. I think they're gonna surprise us and go quarterback. Craig's been saying it. There could be five quarterbacks taken in the top ten. I think that I think they go four quarterbacks in a row.
0: I have one thing to add to that, and then I'm going to I'm going to pose my what if theory and I'll kick it over to Ray. They could accomplish both of those things you just said though, right? They could take Pitts at four and draft Kyle Trask in the second or third round. They they, they would have that there ready in case Matt Ryan does not succeed. Then they have a tandem that's played together that understands like wh- what the other player is. So if, I mean, I don't know if you're listening, Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons, uh, management, but that might be the thing to do. But what, so Ray, before I go over to you, I did this to Joe earlier. I'm going to do it to you now. There is a what if scenario here that involves a team that we all care about with the number of, pick in the 2021 NFL draft. The Atlanta Falcons have traded with the New England Patriots. Atlanta gets the 15th pick, the 96th pick, the 2022 first round pick, and cornerback J.C. Jackson. New England gets four, a 22 fourth round pick, and cornerback Isaiah Oliver, and selects either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Do you do it?
3: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I I, I like Trey Lance anyway. Those that have talked to me outside the show, like I have been on Trey Lance's bandwagon the last couple of years. So I, I love his game. I think that he'd be awesome here. Awesome anywhere, but I really think he'd be great here. But at, at the end of the day, like I, I think Atlanta actually stands, they stand pat, no pun intended, and, and they don't do... What I just said. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they draft a quarterback. And my thing is, th- this is the thing, right? I'm not sure Atlanta can... Have Fields on the board and then trade him and not draft him. Not trade, not trade I'm Sorry, and not draft him at four if he's there. Like the the pressure would be insane, right? I said I had a friend of mine who lives down there who told me that like it's, it's there's no way he, he could be there for and they, they not take him.
0: Like they they should take him if he's there yeah, for. But I mean again with that Trask and Pitt scenarios that's in play. That is really in play.
2: Yeah, and I mean if you don't if you I mean Trask isn't a first round pick. He's not. He fits the mold in the sense that he would be a good backup. For Matt Ryan to learn the game, and then they have a guy like Kyle Pitts, who they're going to be paying a tight end a lot of money. But I think Kyle Pitts is worth it. I've always been high on tight ends. I'm still upset with the Patriots for not getting Cole Komet last year. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with Ray, but I'm kind of not with Ray. I think Trey Lance would be great here. I think Trey Lance would fit in a lot of offenses that we don't realize that he would. But I don't think he needs to be taken fourth.
1: I was, yeah, I was going to say if that ends. Up- being not the if that ends up being pick, that's a trade back, right? And don't you think? What do you, in what way? So so if they end up picking Trey Lance, I don't think they do it here. If that's what they decide they want to do, I think they trade that pick back. And when they're picking Trey Lance in the later. 10, 11, 12, around that area.
2: Which is why they've kind of slotted New England into this scenario, right? Which is kind of, of the scenarios we've heard Mike spew at us from this uh, four-letter network article, this is the one that actually makes the most sense of Mm -hmm. the first four. I mean, it's the only one that makes any sense of the first four, but... I don't know. Atlanta needs a lot. I mean, that division down there, yeah, the Saints may not be as good without Drew Brees. We'll see what they can do. I think Carolina's definitely in a rebuild. I think Matt Rule has that franchise going in the right direction, but you're still playing against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And if you want to compete, you need to go out and get something. You need to not flounder at four and get something to compete in that division. And even I just know. knock Tom Brady off once and try and beat him at your place or something. Because there's going to be fans in the stands, and that that place in Atlanta is nuts. And they love that team. Uh, they love their soccer team probably more than they love their football team. But I don't know. I, the more I think about it, Mike, they got to go pits at four. To, you know what I mean? Like them. I, I think that they, I think you're absolutely right that they can get Trask, and I think they're gonna. I think what they'll do is a combination of what we're talking about. I think they take Pits at four, and then with what Bobby said, try and trade back in. Either it doesn't even have to be the first round. I think you can get them in the second round, but try and trade up in the second round to to go and get them. And uh, I don't think Julio warrants a second round pick anymore. I think Julio's going to get you no better than a fourth. Whoa, Maybe a fifth. If he's healthy, if he's because healthy, the salary he can, though, right? Yeah. If he's healthy, he can get you a fourth, right? Yeah. If he's not healthy, he's only going to get you a
1: fifth. I feel like that's low. I feel like it's a third and a fourth. He's 32. Yeah, like he's 32 and, and he's
2: banged up. He's 32 and he's banged up. With so foot so, injury, Right. Right. With the, the the Albert Pujols foot injury. Yeah. So I think that what they can do is they can take Pitts and they can trade up. I don't think that, again, Julio warrants a second-round pick, but I think if they package something with Julio, they can get a second-round pick.
0: I tell you what, if Atlanta walks out of this draft with Pitts and Trask at the end, that's a winner. But that is a sneaky winner because you've brought two people that, that have familiarity with each other, and you've really solidified yourself. I, I mean – Theoretically, for the next five or six years. Number five, the Bengals. They have tons of talent on that team. They just need to protect the Tiger King. So I think, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name. So please, somebody go ahead and say it before me. It's the authenticity. Penny, Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. He's the only thing that makes sense. But I do think. You have to wonder, knowing you know Burrow's history with Jamar Chase, do they do that or do they do the, the smart thing and they, do they protect him? Joe, go ahead.
2: So it's so interesting when you look at this, right, because the, their biggest needs are at wide receiver and offensive tackle. And right. we all saw the, the terrible injury of Joe Burrow. And I honestly truly believe that there is not anyone in America that watches college or NFL football that realistically wanted to see Joe Burrow fail. Nope. And if you are that person, you're an asshole. I think okay. Joe Burrow is great for the city <laughs> of Cincinnati. He's a hometown boy up there, right? As Mike said beforehand, he's actually an Ohio State quarterback, not an LSU quarterback. Yeah, I know, right? Correct. That, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so really, so really, right here, it's either Jamar Chase or Penny so, and they can only grab one of them. I don't think they have enough to trade back in to the first round to necessarily get what they want. So they're going to have to be creative. I I also think they're going to go running back. I I love Joe Mixon, but I, I think Mike, I think they have, they can find depth while Penny Sewell is really good. I think they need to give him another target. I like Tyler Boyd, right? Ray, you and I have talked about Tyler Boyd before. I'd love to have him in new England, Uh T Higgins is to me. I think he's ridiculous. And then, but I think they got to go with the wide receiver. And I think you're going to see him get chased because I think Joe Burrow, for a lot of reasons, I think Joe Burrow has some kind of input in in this conversation.
0: Ray, what's the biggest need and what do they do? I mean, you already said it. Like we already talked about. It. Like P-
3: Penesul is, is definitely the guy. Like you you have you have to protect the guy. And I, I understand the need or the the desire to go get someone like Jamar Chase or, you know, or even hell, if Atlanta doesn't pick, pitch, maybe pitches at five, who knows? But to me, I just think that you have, you have to go with protecting the quarterback. Like that, that is the, if you want him upright for the next, you know, 10 years, that's the guy you build around and you get I said, you know, wide receivers are, are deep in this draft. Like you could find uh-huh. someone in the second round yeah. that could come around and help them out. So like I said, we'll talk about that when we get to guys that we think are going to be steals in the later rounds, but yeah, like you, you got to go with the guy that's going to protect himself. So.
2: Well, Jamar Chase also isn't the best wide receiver in the first round, right? Like he's up there, but I don't think he's the best.
0: If this, if there was no 2020 college football season, the argument could be made that he was because he he was out, right? He sat out, he opted out, yeah, yeah. So he was the best receiver in 2019, and it wasn't close. So I, I,
2: I also think, real quick, throwing it in here, if they go with Jamar Chase, it's almost like getting band back together.
3: Uh, yeah,
1: because,
2: oh, yeah. Uh, well, no, because not only Joe Burrow and, Th- and um, uh, Jamar Chase, but Thaddeus Moss is the number four tight end on that uh, yeah. depth chart.
1: Oh, nice! I like that. I-, I thought
2: Moss. that would I thought that would get Ray to perk up, but he's doing doing <laughs> his research.
0: Joe's trying to give Ray a little. Jo- Joe's trying to give Ray a little Thaddeus in his shorts. Now, Bobby, what yeah. do you think <laughs> is going to happen here? Is is is, it, is it an offensive is it an offensive lineman, or do they do? I think. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I don't wait, think they can lose. They, they don't lose either way. You know what I mean? Both positions are deep. So I've read a couple of places that the Bengals have, that the GM actually came out and said the Bengals have starting grades on a few offensive linemen. So I, I think it's going to end up being chased just so they can get that band back together. I think that makes the most sense. But at the same time, you, you, you wouldn't blame them for picking Sewell here with the image of Joe Burrow rolling around in pain to end that season. You know what I mean? So like you really can't lose in this situation with these two guys on the board, but I think it will end up being chase in my opinion. I think chase is the guy here because just first day at practice, man, you're rolling. You know what I mean? Burrow to chase it's on. So. So
0: assuming that
1: the Cincinnati
0: Bengals pick Jamar chase here comes another one of those things that's really going to piss Bobby off or excite him. Either way, let's get to it. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins have traded with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dolphins get the 10th overall pick, the 130th overall pick, and Amari Cooper. Hmm. Dallas gets six and 81. They use the sixth overall pick to draft. If he's available, either Pitts or Devontae
1: Smith. Do you do it? I mean, listen, (laughs) Ceedee Lamb and Devontae Smith would be a hell of a wide receiver core, man. Wow, you you gotta take the bigger guy though. Well, well, hold on, just you take Waddle. You got Waddle over Smith.
0: Okay, Waddle Smith or Chase. Now I will or, or Pitt. Sorry, I will say. What Miami will then have as a starting lineup or a starting roster would be Tua at quarterback, Cooper, uh, Wolf Fuller, Devontae Parker, and Gasecki would be their receiving corps. That's not a bad thing either. There's really no losers in this predicament.
1: Yeah, I just don't. I don't see the Cowboys do unless Pitts is there. If Pitts is there, that's Jerry a Jones. very good. Po- if, if Pitts gets the six, I could see it. I don't know if Pitts is going to get the six though. So yeah, I just think the defensive there. Jerry already came out and said he's not going to give up too much to move up. So, which I know is Jerry, but <laughs> it, 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 I just don't see it with Sertan being the guy that Dallas is in love with at 10 it's really going to take something special for them to to trade up the opportunity to add to that defense. So it, and this is the only guy I could see them doing it for.
2: That's what really throws a wrench in all of this is, and I'm going to, I'm going to piss in Bobby Cheerios a little bit, but I think he kind of came back down to earth here. Miami is not going to move out of the sixth spot. And the reason I say that is because them, San Francisco and Philadelphia had those two big blockbuster trades that um, within minutes of each other, basically. I mean, by the time we had said something on social media, Craig was like, well, that's old news now. And and Miami had traded back into the sixth spot. They moved down three spots overall and got a haul of picks. And this was the tease that I had before is that the Miami Dolphins really, I I don't want to say they fleeced because I don't think they fleeced anybody, but Well, maybe Philadelphia, but they have six, 18, 36, 50 and 81 (laughs) in the top 10 in the top 100 picks. Like I don't see, like, I really like the front office that they've put together down there in Miami. I really like Brian Flores. I've said this from day one. I think Brian Flores is going to be a successful NFL head coach to have the picks that they do. I don't see them moving, but I agree with you, Bobby. That the Cowboys, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, Mike, I know that the Cowboys are in love with Patrick Sertain the second, but I think that's going to take another move to get there and we'll get there in a couple picks. I think that's going to take something else in order for that to actually come to fruition. But if I'm Miami, I go wide receiver. And, and why not grab a, a rookie? And for the record, oddly enough, Devontae Smith is actually the tallest receiver out of the three top receivers in the NFL draft. He, uh, he's six feet 170. And I think if you throw him in the gym and he gets up to 185, I mean, that's a guy that can go over the middle and take the top off. This is this might be that surprise pick of Devontae Smith
0: with Waddle or Smith, right? I mean if if the Dolphins choose that they have someone of who's thrown to both. I think there's some familiarity there. So that's a good pick. What I will say because Ray has been a little bit silent on this and he's Hollywood wally he, he did spend some time down in the Sunshine State. To Joe's point, Miami doesn't trade out of the 6th pick, but if they come away with Amari Cooper, that's a win, right? If if you don't believe that's the scenario, who do you think that they choose? Jamar Chase. Well, Chase. There?
2: I don't think you can miss. I'm sorry to cut you off, Ray, but I don't think they can miss with any of those three wide receivers. Yeah.
3: I mean, but I, I don't think Waddle's not going to high. So let's put Agreed. that up. Waddle's going to drop. So I don't see – like, honestly, I mean, we haven't talked about the Patriots yet, but that's something where they could get Waddle and then maybe this guy Kellen on in another round. But we'll get to there. But, yeah, I, I think Chase will be there at six. Like, I, I don't think he's – I don't think he's someone that's going to go before then. So to me, I think that that would be a great pick for them, you know, to put there with Devonte Parker. I mean, if you want to trade with Dallas to get Amari Cooper, who's you know a, a hell of a route runner, why not? Why not do that? But I just think that if like I said if Chase is there, you take him. Hell, if Pitts falls there, you take him and, and you put Pitts and Gusecki there. Whoa, whoa, look, look out, look out! You want to talk about Patri- you want to talk about Patriots South? That 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 would be Patriots South. Two tight end system yeah oh my if, god
0: if pitts is available jerry's in play yeah. he loves pitts he does love yeah play. but
3: He's okay it's takes. it's we say ta- we say ta- 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 all the time it takes two to tango that so what jerry can be a player the fuck he wants they, they're not they're not it doesn't matter what happens they're not traded. they're not, they're
2: not I, th- but, I think huh? the point is he'll be on the phone right like it, yeah, jerry will be, be, on be on the for
3: phone everything. cool hey buddy <laughs> it's your boy, it's your, it's your guy Jerry Jones. Doesn't want to call right. him to see if I can get that sixth pick. Who who cares? I'm not training him I'm not training him with, with Jerry Jones. Kick kick rock sit sit down in the billion dollar play pen. Hey. I'm gonna bring somebody up there with me at number six.
2: You ever seen the movie Draft Day?
3: I didn't because I, I I did I know Kevin Carson's in there, but I didn't see it.
2: No? Yeah, well, Kevin Costner absolutely fleeces the Seattle Seahawks. Takes them to to the laundry to the cleaners, mat, yeah. to, the cleaners to the dry, <laughs> I don't care what cleaners. Well, he took them to all of them. <laughs> and I know it's a movie, and I know it's Hollywood. But if you're the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys come to you and Kyle Pitts is sitting there, if Kyle Pitts is sitting there at that pick, and, and as the Miami Dolphins, if you're not trying to get every single thing you can get out of Jerry Jones, then they're doing something wrong. Because – go ahead, Mike. Because I think you should get season tickets out
0: of it, if, if he gives you a, If he gives you the 10 uh, – uh, a fourth round pick, Anamari Cooper, and now you have Cooper, Fuller, and, and Parker. I, I think, and, and then you can still potentially draft Waddle at ten. That is the most potent of offenses that, that you could have in the AFC East.
2: I think you can get, still get Chase at ten.
0: Yeah, I, I I go with the big guys. I'm sorry, I, I I
3: understand the due diligence, and I understand fleecing the other team and getting the best deal possible. <laughs> I get that. Six six two forty five. The mayor runs a four four. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking that guy every time. That that's yeah, not that's not something. No, no. I'm talking about Pitts. Foley. I'm talking oh, about Kyle Pitch. Pitts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to take that guy. That's there. You have to. Like you can't just say, "Well, let me see." Like, I, and I know the league is moving to shiftier guys like Tyreek Hill. Everyone's not going to be Tyreek Hill was not going to be a Jerry Judy yeah. that came in last year. It was not going to be that guy. You want them to be like that, or, or even Henry Ruggs, who I absolutely love. Him. I think Henry Ruggs is going to be a problem. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, he, he's – oh, that – that oh, who He put a couple of them chiefs in the spin cycle last year. I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I love it. But, yeah, Pence, like, he's he's a unicorn. You have to take that guy if he's there sex, like, yes, you have to – That's the thing. He's got to be there because the – Yeah, entertain the call, but my thing is you have to take that guy. You have to.
2: I'm sorry. Take him. He's there. Just real quick, this is where it gets really, really uh, weird because you have the the Sewell pick. You have the Jamar Chase pick. You have Kyle Pitts, like, right in here. Yeah, where San Francisco controls the draft and controls the first round. These three guys, like, notice we've said all three names. Like, these guys could go anywhere because all three of these teams could use all three of these players
1: yeah i was gonna say so with all these wide receivers do you guys see any of these guys being shades of cd lamb last year falling i i I think one of them does right one of these guys is gonna fall into that mid-teen area because once we get past seven eight nine everyone needs offensive line people need defense ed rushers until you pretty much get to the Patriots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, until you get there, pretty much everyone's going to end up going defense. So I think one of these guys ends up falling, honestly.
0: So uh, another interesting pick is number seven, and, and currently Detroit holds that pick. Here's what I believe it could happen. This is the best case scenario for me as a Patriot fan. If Mac Jones is selected by the San Francisco 49ers, I believe that you see the Patriots move up with Detroit and, and just and take Justin Fields. This is the time. That they don't want to lose them. If they are going to move up, it's going to happen at either seven or eight. And I think that Detroit is a more likely suitor than than Carolina. Detroit already has their quarterback, right? They just traded with. They just traded Stafford for Goff. They believe in Goff. Maybe they want. They, they want to. Move, they want to build around him. It makes a lot of sense for me. That was for you, Ray. But for <laughs> for me, baby, <laughs> yeah. For for you, Bobby. Number seven. Again, a lot. Again, this all hinges on number three, which is, I think, in in recent memory, there's never been a team that controls the draft quite like San Francisco does. At three, at seven, does Detroit make the pick, or do they trade out? If so, who?
1: I've seen a lot of trades with Detroit here. The next two picks are, are definitely, in my opinion, going to be get traded. I think it's more like Detroit does. I agree with you there, Mike, because I think Carolina has more holes to fill, and I don't think either is going to be drafting a quarterback. So I do think that these are two picks that definitely could get traded, and I think the Patriots are a really good spot. Listen, I love Justin Fields coming in and learning from Cam Newton. I think that is such a, a perfect match because, listen, we all know Cam Newton's a little over the hill, but if you were to pick out the perfect prototype for what you picture justin fields to be it's prime cam newton like that's what you envision his career being you know what i mean so for him to come in and learn behind him that's the guy and this is around the area where if you're going to see the path to make that move this is where it is and personally like you guys know i've hated on all the quarterback you guys bring up this is the guy I really think that that they need to go get because he, I said this in the chat the other day, he's a linebacker who's a mobile quarterback. Like that's exactly who these two guys are. Yep. So Justin Fields to me is the guy for the Patriots. And these are the spots that you're going to see him get.
0: Also, at the very least, having like getting Justin Fields will either make Cam better or it will make your team better because you have him. Go ahead, yep. Joe.
2: The Lions pick a wide receiver here. I think they go wide receiver, top 10. They've done it. <laughs> Uh, for a, they, they've Charles done Rogers, it so often, Roy Williams. yeah, Calvin Johnson. I mean, they. But so here's where I'm gonna pull the same thing that Ray said about Robert Sala in in New York. He's got his guy now, and he's not gonna. I know the Jets don't have their guy now, but he's Dan Campbell's not gonna sit back with Jared Goff and trade back and go for something i'm sorry but their wide receiving core their top three are tyrell williams prashad perriman and quintess cephas and then they have geronimo allison they need a receiver and they need a number one and they don't have a lot to trade away and i don't see them moving out of this spot for that reason although cbs sports does have them trading to the patriots and the patriots picking trey lance which i'm with ray I think Trey Lance is a better fit for the Patriots offense and to learn under Cam Newton because I think Trey Lance is a smarter quarterback than Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is a great athlete, and I think Justin Fields is a a younger version of Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton might be getting paid a little bit more to be the backup in New England, and I'm starting to believe that the more I talk to myself about it, and there's a reason why I agree with you that seven or eight is going to move. And I believe that it's going to be eight and it's going to go to New England, which I kind of gave you guys a sneak peek of that. My thought on that earlier. I don't see how the lions can't select a wide receiver here. I really don't. And if they trade out, I think they've screwed it up.
0: Before I go over to you, Ray, I think the argument can be made that in LA, you didn't know Robert Woods or Cooper Cup before Jared Goff was there. So he can make an offense work with lesser... Known talent, right? I mean, those
2: are pretty good receivers, though. These guys aren't up to that. Like Brashad Perriman is a Baltimore reject. Like, Who were they
0: before Jared Goff?
2: Well, Cooper Cup was drafted around the same time Jared Goff was. Robert Woods had a career before that, and he was yeah, pretty good Buffalo, in Buffalo. Yeah. And and he came over there, and he was expected to be the guy that he was there. But I mean, I, I can understand what you're saying about Cooper Cup. Like, I don't think Cooper Cup becomes Cooper Cup without Jared Goff. But they were also drafted right around the same time.
0: Ray, uh, did the Lions? Pick at number seven, or what happens here? So I
3: I, I think they do stay, and I'm actually going to go actually complete opposite. So we you know last year they drafted Jeff Okuda a number three overall out of Nebraska. I, I think they actually go with Sertaine. Here at number seven. I think they Whoa. shock everybody and go with certain here. I
1: think oh, to, t-
3: to get two <laughs> to get two corners in the game that are able to lock down in the passing league. Uh, to me, is more important than you getting a passing target, in my opinion. So to get that guy at seven, he's there, you pair him up with Akuda, now you have your ironically, you have your certain in Madison for the next 10 years. So I think that's
2: part of the reason why they have them trading out there, because then they That spot where you were talking, Mike, where they have the Lions trading out of the seven and going back to 15, they actually then have the Lions taking Devontae Smith at 15. So, and and of course, I'm just seeing this now. So I I get it. I mean, I understand it. It doesn't, it's not outlandish. I'm having Bob Kelly pipe dreams with number eight, and I would like to discuss that in full, but I could see them taking Sertan there and trying to shore up their defense, but I think that's a team that needs a lot in the line a-
1: right. And, and they, I they feel like if they're going to go it. corner, they're going to move back to go corner. That's the right. thing is like the only way they stay here is, is Joe, I think you're on the right track, is if they want that stud wide receiver and they don't want to lose it you know what i mean that's what they pick here if they're gonna go corner i think they go back and get like a jc horn who actually might be out of the first round now or a corner like that listen i'm just trying to put scenarios out there that they don't pick certain because if (laughs) it goes off the board here i'm gonna be so mad
2: (laughs) see but it's not gonna be there the lions top three needs are wide receiver defensive back and tackle and i think jared goff Has an okay offensive line in front of him. I think a tackle is a weak spot for the Lions. But yeah, I think they do, they go the Matt Millen route here and select a wide receiver at number seven.
0: So number eight is very much like number seven, the Carolina Panthers. They already have their quarterback. Some could say that, you know, if they can't move Bridgewater, then they have two quarterbacks, right? But I I think they're going to move one of them. here. So it's interesting, right? It's either they're going to trade out with a team like New England, or they're going to go ahead and try and protect their current investment and draft someone like Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. I think they're going to play it safe and draft the tackle. Bobby, what is Carolina's biggest need – And again, like, what do you think that they do?
1: So funny enough, I actually heard a few reports, which I think this would be so blasphemous and stupid that they're thinking about. I don't know if it was just maybe to get some trade offers in there, but they've been putting out Josh Fields feelers which I think would be crazy because they just brought in Darnold, and that would be like the worst luck ever for Sam Darnold if they trade for him (laughs) and then they go ahead and draft field. Like, bro, just bad luck all around. First the Jets, now this. But no, I think the, the smart thing for them to do is to trade it. And I do think that the only reason they're thinking about picking him is to get better trade offers. They have a lot of holes to fill. If they do stay, I think they end up picking Slater. I'm with you on that. If they do stay, it's Slater. I think they move it, though, and I think it's the Pats. It's one of these two picks here that that the Pats come in and, and get that done because, listen, Cam Newton's not, he's not the future. It, it, it's just, if you have a chance, both these quarterbacks are here at seven and eight, it'd be crazy for them not to come back and get it. They have the capital. They have the talent. They have the way to get it. Go get your guy. Go get it! Uh,
0: before I kick it to Ray, just a disclaimer for all those that are listening at home: This was recorded on a Tuesday evening before the draft. They very the Patriots very well could just pick at fifteen. and actually picked a defensive player, just despite us. But Ray at eight, what does Carolina do? Do they stick it or do they pick it?
3: Does that makes so, sense? yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it does. I got you. I'm, I'm just I'm the boring guy. I think they stay. I think they make the pick right. And I'm actually going to go with defense again, back to back picks. You know, so they lost Luke Kickley a couple of years ago, and last year they had the chance to really find his replacement in Isaiah Simmons, and they drafted Derrick Brown instead out of Auburn. So, that being said, I think now they go draft Michael Parsons out of Penn State at number eight. And I think you know, even though that's a guy, I think that could have could fall to the England at fifteen. I think Michael Parsons is the guy that just has that raw talent, and it fills in what Thomas Davis did. It fills in what Luke Kuechly did. So it goes from Davis to Kuechly. Now you go to Parsons. You have your guy in the middle with Parsons. You have your guy on the, in the middle of the line of Derek Brown, and you build up the middle. So I, I think they go with Michael Parsons at number eight.
0: Great pick, Joe. What do you think? I think
2: there's gonna be a lot of movement at number eight. There's yeah. been multiple there's been multiple reports on Tuesday, the twenty seventh, that the Patriots are trying to jockey their way into the eighth position. And I know these mock drafts are a lot of you know bull honky. They're fun and they're a bunch of crap. And and that's fine because we don't have this show without a bunch of crap, right? Right. So I'll take it. And I think what happens here is Ray, I think you're spot on, but Bobby, you're going to need this trade too. Because if the Patriots trade into number eight, I think they pick Micah Parsons, the linebacker, at number eight. And here's why. They need a quarterback, a linebacker, and a wide receiver. Okay, So they're going to trade up to eight. I don't think they need to – I don't think they need to lock into number eight to get a receiver because I think you're I think you're right, Ray. I think that Waddle will fall lower than this. There's also been reports that the Patriots will then try and trade back into the first round around 25 or 19. So what I here's here's my convoluted idea. Based on the reports as of today, April 27th, when we're recording this, I almost said filming, but we are doing that as well. The Patriots will trade with the Carolina Panthers into the eight spot. They will trade them fifteen and a third rounder, whether that's in probably twenty twenty two, because I I think the Panthers want the draft capital, but I think they can get what they want at fifteen, which may not be Parsons, but with this trade as a as an aside, Bobby, if the Patriots make this trade, uh, Sertain falls to ten because I don't think the Broncos are going to take Sertain at nine, but I, I think the Patriots know that the Broncos are looking at Michael Parsons at 9 and they want out, to outdo your favorite quarterback of all time here on MTP John Elway who's actually technically not the GM there anymore. And with the number 8 pick they will take my, Micah Parsons but that's that's not where this trade ends. Oh no, that's not where this trade ends. They will also trade as a part of this the number 46 pick to San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo and Carolina will send Teddy Bridgewater and a third fourth to cat to san francisco in uh exchange for the 43rd overall pick
3: i mean if, if that happens i mean i'd come out to, to where you are and hug you myself <laughs> that would that, 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 that would be that, that would be awesome honestly because what's we, amazing we, is is
2: that makes sense in my head and then i'm like wait a minute but that sounds like just like what mike's been reading us this whole time this article from the four letter network
3: Right. But I mean, but as we know, too, like, you know, Darth Vader, aka, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, he, he zigs when we zag, you know, or zags when we zigs, right? So we could think that he's going to pick a certain guy and, you know, hell, he, he might frame Craig's address to say, Craig, I need you to come in for OTAs. And yep. next thing you know, dun 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 like break, breaking news, Craig De has been signed by the New England Patriots. You know, as as a nose guard, you know, crazy, he looked. Crazy up, he, he, he looked. Happen. He looked. He, he, he looked up to visible fork and now he's on the team.
1: <laughs> I can't think of anything more Bill Belichick and New England Patriots than the sign, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but getting then oh, getting God. the breaking news: Patriots trade up to eight. The entire draft board is like, oh, this is going to be Trey Lance. This is going to be Justin Fields. This is going to be this guy. And and then they walk out of the stage and it's Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons
2: is the right way to go because then it forces – it's going to force Denver – it's going to force Denver at nine to go quarterback because they – need, because I don't think they – I don't think they're in love with Drew Locke. I really don't, and I think that's at number nine where it's going to get screwy. But you're right, Bobby. That's where after 20 – After 21 years of making us watch, well, it wasn't always on Thursday nights, but making us watch Thursday night first-rounders, and then it hits 11 o'clock, the Patriots have traded away their first-round pick, and it's time to go to bed. I I don't think it's going to happen here. Mike, I think you're right. I think it could be very boring, and they could wait until 15 and take somebody. But I think think there is bigger things at play here, and I think that this is the draft. If there was ever a draft for them to do something, this was it. Yep. And, and they may they may move up instead and take a quarterback. I mean, they very well could do that. And the San Francisco 49ers are completely out of this. But I could see something very convoluted happening because there's, again, been multiple reports. The Patriots could trade up to number eight. And there's been a lot of talk of San Francisco wanting to move on from Jimmy. And they're going to want a veteran quarterback in there to, to look after Mac Jones. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I have always loved Teddy Bridgewater. I think he is a great football mind whose body uh, was unfortunately beat up in Minnesota, but I, this is why I love this stuff because this is the fun part.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think that we all talked about it, right? Seven and eight is, it, it is the place of movement in, in, in this draft. I get, especially if you're a Patriot family, like, that's what you need to look out for. I would be, so irritated if they moved up to eight and did not pick a quarterback. But I can, I, I can I, I,
2: not if it goes the way I. Yeah, but road mapped it.
0: Honestly, uh, and I want to move on to number nine and number ten. I would much rather Justin Fields or Trey Lance under Cam than Garoppolo. Like I, I, I want to build for the next ten years, not the next four injury prone years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, but because you said that, and because you forced me to say that would irritate me, it's probably what's going to happen. And under operating under that 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 mindset, number nine, Broncos have to pick Trey Lance if he's there, right? Because it, it just it doesn't feel like that they're in love with Drew Locke, You know, the old Missouri Tiger. The, I I think he's serviceable. I don't based on just based on the indicators that we're all seeing from all the rumors out there. It feels like Elway and company are looking for the next guy, which leads us to believe that Drew Locke is not that, right? So if you have a Trey Lance available uh, at nine, Bobby,
1: do the Broncos take him? Yeah, I think this is going to shake out in the the best way for the Broncos. They're, they're going to get to a point where they're going to be able to draft the guy they want, and that's a quarterback. We've seen Elway... This man has been trying to get a franchise quarterback into this team since Manning left, and he has failed miserably every single time. I don't think he can lose here with Fields or Lance. I like both of them. It I has to be quarterback here. It has to be, unless Parsons fall, because Miller and Parsons as a linebacking core would just be absolutely deadly. With uh, Chubb also coming off the edge, that would be a deadly defense. So I could see them going that route. If One of those two quarterbacks is there. Listen, you have Drew Locke. He's not winning you a Super Bowl anytime soon. So if one of these two guys is there, you have to take him. You have to.
2: Remember when the Denver Broncos had their entire quarterback room go down on the COVID list last year? <laughs> yep. uh, which was just hilarious because even their their practice squad quarterback.
1: And they tried to get the coach to play. Remember? Yeah,
2: and their practice squad quarterback was, I believe it was Blaine Gabbert, uh, was also in the room because they had so little experience. They needed him in the room. Is that who it was? I think it was.
1: No, but well, Blake Everton It was well, um, no, it nobody was, would um, know. It
2: was, it was another Jacksonville quarter, former Jacksonville quarterback, former yeah, Jacksonville quarterback. I forget who it
1: was What well, regardless, the portals, we'll right? Was it portals? Oh, Blake Portals, yeah, that's right. Bortles. I love yeah. Blake Portals. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, with the number 10 overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, if all goes according to plan, the Dallas Cowboys select quarterback out of Alabama, Patrick certain the second Bobby, if this, if he is available and they do not pick him, what will you
1: do? I will never watch football again. No, this is the pick. This is the pick. And, and, and I've actually already seen a meeting like with Sertan and the Cowboys where they interviewed him. We're like, well, we look forward to working with you soon. So this is the guy they want. This is the guy they've always wanted. I'm looking at the Cowboys needs right now. And you know what it says? Defense, literally every position on defense. (laughs) That is their need. So they they just need to retool this defense. And so Tan's the guy to do it. Listen, you're bringing him in and pairing him up with someone that he's already worked with and digs at Alabama. It's a cornerback tandem. That was one of the best in college football. All right, Sertan has length. He fits Dan Quinn's system perfectly. And you already built up your safety with, you brought in Keanu Keanu Neal Neal and a couple other guys. So we got guys in the back end now. So this is definitely the place I think they go, especially with JC Horn, his back trouble's Really making him seem like it's a big gamble in that first round. So Sert- Sertan's the guy here. If he's on the board, if he's not, I'll be very sad. But he's the guy. He's the guy
3: for sure. Well, see, I'm I'm the opposite. I I think Horn's the guy that goes there. I say I had Sertan going at seven. Um, I think JC Horn's a dog. Like I've seen some of the interviews. Listen, if like, Sertan's
1: gone, I will settle for Horn. I'm very okay with JC Horn. Six six one two ten.
3: You know, I mean, you know, what are we talking about here? Like, the, and and he's someone that has that swagger that would fit that franchise. So to me, if you like, say you, you know, you added Neil, you have some of the places there that are good defensively. Why not go corner there? Like, especially when you're going against Galladay now. You're going up against some other guys in that division that are new to that division and are big-time receivers. So, yeah, to me, I say, I mean, granted, you want to pick Sertane there, if he's there at 10, sure. But I, I think J.C. Horn is the guy that can go at 10 there and, you know, can fit very well in that system. Because, I mean, he's had big corners before. You know, he, he did in his, he did it in Seattle with um, Richard Sherman and, and, and Chancellor of and boys. So, yeah, it, either way, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. They both played in the SEC, so you know that they – are they're ready. And hell, Horn played against those guys. He played against C.D. Lamb. He played against, not C.D. Lamb was Oklahoma, sorry. But he played against Judy. He played against Ruggs. He played against all those guys at Alabama. So he knows how to handle big, big-time big receivers. So for that fact alone, I think I would give him the edge, in my opinion, at, at that spot anyways.
0: Joe, 10 Cowboys.
2: It's one, of, it's one of those two defensive backs if they're on the board. I think they also need to work on keeping Dak upright, especially coming off that gruesome injury. Uh, Rashawn Slater could still be there at
0: if they pick a lineman bobby is gonna is gonna fight but but slater would be the
1: only one listen i'd be okay with slater because he can move too he can go guard he can go he he can move around that offensive line so listen i would be very disappointed like i was every single time we drafted an offensive line those seven (laughs) straight years but yeah but that that also extended
3: rumble's career hang on this this isn't (laughs) what are we talking about (laughs)
2: This isn't the cowboy hour, but Bobby, one of the best signings that right. the Cowboys have made this offseason was Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is a great defensive mind. And it I sure think is. that, and and one thing he did well in Atlanta was draft good defensive backs. So I don't, I, I think it's gonna be a defensive back, but They have to protect their investment. And their investment wears number four, and he stands in the offensive backfield. They have to protect him because they saw what it was like without him. And that team is very good. And we like to rib you a lot about being a Cowboys fan. But that offense is very good, but they also have to protect them because they also had all those fumbles last year. And a lot of those were on four and 21. Not It wasn't necessarily on the offensive line. But, Bobby, I can remember you yelling at the TV and at us just as much about that offensive line. So I think if it's one of those three guys, the Cowboys are in good shape.
0: So in the interest of time, because this could be a six-hour podcast, what we're going to do is now we're going to go with who we think the uh top so from 11 through 32 what teams are going to be the winners and who they'll pick we have to do it pretty expeditiously and then we can talk about like late round picks right so i think i'll start it off i think at 11 the giants are going to take devonta smith and i think when you pair him with kenny galladay and you have saquon barkley in the backfield daniel jones is now in a really good situation and that's a pretty potent offense so i think the next uh, the biggest pick from 11 through 32, will be from the New York Giants. Bobby, how do you feel about that? Who's
1: your pick going to be? So, by the way, correction, Caleb Fairley is the one that's fallen out of the first round, not J.C. Horn, by the way. I like that. I, I do like Devontae Smith with Kenny Galladay. Right now, the Giants are just in that situation. We're just going to keep throwing pieces at a mistake they made until they realize it was a mistake in Daniel Jones. So I, I think that is the way that they go wide receiver. I think my biggest winner is going to be later. You guys know I've been talking about this guy for a long time, and that's Travis Etienne, and I think he ends up going to either Baltimore or uh, a little bit later in Green Bay. I love Travis Etienne. I think he's going to be the steal of the first round. This guy is electric. He's been electric since I went to a uh, Clemson game two, three years ago when he was a freshman or a sophomore, and I was just like, dude, this guy is good. He also could go to the Steelers. I heard the Steelers like him or Najee Harris. Najee so Harris, look, for those, yeah. look for those guys later in the first round. I think they're both going to be dogs and great running backs in the NFL.
3: Ray. So I, I got two. So the guy, I think Joe brought him up uh, a few segments ago, but that lineman out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater, I think he actually falls all the way down to 16 and he'll fall to Arizona. And you have you got to protect Kyler Murray. Obviously, they have great weapons there in Arizona now. I think you have to find a guy that continues to to keep Kyler Murray upright. So I think that's someone that can win. And then I actually think that the Steelers, which I hope they don't draft them, but I mean, I just feel like they they probably will because he he fits their style. And you just said his name. Uh, I think Najee Harris goes to Pittsburgh at 24. And I think that's the running back they've been missing, you know, when you think about stills, you think about running. Whether it's Jerome Bettis, Franco Harris, you know Amazaire way back in the day, you know Willie Parker. Nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amy so Zaraway. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Once again, welcome to the casual name drop, cas- casual name drop podcast. I'm 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 your co-host, but no, yeah, I, I think that's what happens there, and you know the, the, I think those are two guys, you know that go to a team and they and really start to do something. Rashad Bateman as well. That's someone I want to bring up too. Rashad yep. Bateman is someone. I hope he's in the second round because I would love to have him, but I, I I just doubt that he'll fall to us. And Zay, Zayman Collins, I think Joseph would be a fan of Zayman Collins if he fell to New England, but he's probably not going to be in New England. I can see him going to Baltimore probably to, to replace him with like a Matt Judon who we just signed in New England. So Zayman Collins out of Tulsa. You know, Patriots fans, just listen to this. Think about William McGinnis. He, he could play. So He's no, a no, Bill no, Belichick be style
2: linebacker. Right,
3: exactly. So I mean, on, wait. Honestly, we talked about if they say they trade the eight, and we think they're going to go Parsons, they may mess around and get Xavier Collins at number eight. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, it'd be like, well, you know,
2: well, you know, he's six four, you know, two seventy, had all the measurables. Uh, number and
1: one measurables, on the big yeah, board. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. number one on the big really board. Smart <laughs> player.
0: <laughs> Love it. Yeah,
2: that's the Bill Belichick
0: minute. Love it, yep. <laughs> uh, Joe. Your best pick from 11 through 32. Who's going to be in what team?
2: I, I like Najee Harris to Pittsburgh, but that's that's not my favorite. I'm I am a big fan of. Zayvon Collins, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Quiddy Paye from Michigan. Yeah. I don't necessarily think he's going to come to New England. They the, uh, CBS hasn't gone to the Raiders. I actually like that pick for the Raiders. But the pick that I really like is I'm scrolling down here, is the Cleveland Browns at 26 overall, and that's Asante Samuel Jr. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I love this pick because that Cleveland Browns team, if they can keep all the heads on offense level, because we saw once OBJ went down last year. They were a much better team, in my opinion, and I think it was kind of obvious. But I think if they bring in somebody like Asante Samuel Jr., they will have solidified their defense, and I think they'll have a very good season. I think Cleveland is going to surprise people. What I'm really interested to see is what Tampa does at 32. That's what I'm really interested to see, because if they're smart, and this is going to sound like New England Patriots from 2017, if they're smart – they pick a quarterback that's sitting there and that could be tr- Kyle Trask going to Tampa Bay and if they pick Kyle Trask and Tom Brady's there for 2 3 years are you kidding me Kyle Trask who is probably pretty raw gets to learn from Tom Brady and Perfect. then right Perfect. and you, you know, Bruce Arians there for a little bit longer but Perfect. then you still have Byron Leftwich as your host. Stop it. I I mean I'm not a I'm not a Tampa Bay guy. We all know that. I, I still don't think they're gonna win the 2020 Super Bowl, but <laughs> even though they already did. But I would love to see what they do at 32. Honestly, this is the most excited I've been for a draft outside of what the New England Patriots are gonna do. I think so partly long. I think partly because of missing the point, having guys like Dave and Bobby on here who are Bears and Cowboys fans respectively, but just a fan of the game. I love the game. And, you know, what's interesting, and I'm going to throw this out there because this three-letter network has Justin Fields going to the Chicago Bears at 14. I think that's a smart pick. I think that would be a great pick for Matt Nagy. And I think that Andy Dalton would be a great backup for him.
1: Yeah, that could yeah. save the franchise. Yeah. Can, I, can I throw one more name? Well, well, hold on. Is it in the
0: first round or is it later?
1: First round. Yeah. So Green Bay, I just want to throw out one more. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Everyone's been trying to get Green Bay to pick the wide receiver. And I think this guy is a perfect fit there. He fits the Randall Cobb mold where you can line him up anywhere and he can make plays. So look out for him, too. And I know you said the Bears just now. Rashad Bateman, Rayshon, you brought him up earlier. He would be a really good fit alongside, what's his name? Yeah, Allen Robinson in Chicago. So I I would look for Chicago to go Bateman around. Jalen
3: Phillips is someone you should look out for too. Edge Edge rusher out of Miami. That's another guy. Honestly, and I know they already have it in Cleveland. Jalen Phillips, go to Cleveland. And, and be behind Clowney and, and be that rotational piece between Clowney and Garrett. And, Garrick.
0: and yep. if that, if that that'd be happens,
3: wild. If that happens, good lord. <laughs> All
0: right. This is, this this is going it's it's to be crazy. This is going to be a speed round. And again, for content purposes. Okay. So for rounds two and above, you got to pick one player with one team that you think would be the most impactful between rounds 2 and the final round. I'll go first. I think that with the in the 3rd round with the 68th overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons will select Kyle Trask and pair him with Kyle Pitts. I think that is the best case scenario for that team, that franchise moving forward. Joe your most impactful player, and, and where do they go?
2: I'm going to stick with the hometown team, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the Anthony Trish interview and and the, the research we did on that and the conversation we had with him. The cornerbacks are very deep in this draft. Just about every position is deep, but the defensive yeah. backs, the corner position is very deep. I mean, you have Sertan, Horn, Newsom, Farley, Campbell, Stokes, who all could be first and second round picks, but a little bit below that. You have Elijah Molden out of Washington, and I think he would be a great fit in New England to be there with Gilmore if he's still here. I don't know. Who knows what the hell is going to happen between now and Sunday? You know, we could all be dead. Thanks, Kyle Shanahan. But I like Elijah Molden to the New England Patriots in the third or fourth round. I think he would be a great addition to the secondary, and I think that is a quintessential pick for Bill Belichick.
1: Bobby. I like the word, Joe, quintessential. Yeah, good, <laughs> good word. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pulled out the dictionary um, for that one. So so I know you said one, but I have two. I'm sorry. Uh, so Tommy Tremble, Notre Dame, tight end. This guy was never utilized in a way that made him excel as a pass catcher, but the blocking and, and things that he shows out of the fullback position and out of the tight end position is unlike any other tight end that I've seen in a long time. He has athletic skills, and you can teach fundamentals. I, do, I, I need, I, and Cowboys, sorry. Okay. Cowboys definitely because they need a tight end and they need, Lejo, like you said, they need to keep Dak upright. And this is a guy who, who can be a playmaker and keep Dak upright and help Zeke get extra yards. A guy for the Patriots I want you guys to look out for is Cade Johnson from South Dakota State. Yeah, yeah. Um, This guy (laughs) is in the mold of Edelman Welker. He is a guy that is going to slip into that third to fourth round, and he is Patriots written all All
3: over. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Agreed. Um,
1: so, so that's a guy I want all Patriots fans to look out for. Are you looking at my notes? I, I see him I'm not. <laughs> no, but I've watched a lot of Cade Johnson the past couple weeks because I watched one game tape of him and I fell in love, man. I love this guy. He makes plays. He runs routes. He does. He's a dog. And that's what Bill loves. So
2: Fourth round fourth round projection. I like it.
1: Yeah. All right, Ray. Class has been in
0: session. The bell's about to ring. Take us home. Right. So I forget what school this this guy goes to,
3: but I got to go with Patrick Jones. There's other guys I can think of, but, you, you know, you, your famous quote, Guns in my head, who are you picking? Okay. Uh, yeah, Pat, Patrick Jones, and it's for the Patriots. You know, we still lack guys that can rush the quarterback. Like, we hey. haven't had that in a few Yeah, for Pitt, there you go. Yep, for Pitt. And I pray to God he's there in round three. <laughs> like, if he's there, Bill, please, please, <laughs> please take him in, in round three. Like, you, you need someone that has athleticism. That's another big guy, someone that can throw people around. I mean, he didn't have a great senior bowl, but I mean, I, I could care less about that. I saw the pitted tape. I saw a grown men get abused. I'm here for it. And that's the only time I'm here for abuse. So let, let's make that straight. But grown men get abused. I was here for it. I was like, cool, bring him to death row, AKA New England Patriots. Let's go. I'm here for it.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, th- that'll do it for the, the MTP NFL 21, 2021 draft preview show for Broadway, Joe Malkin, the Real BK, Bob Kelly, Hollywood, Wale, Sean Buchanan. I was your host, Michael Marcangelo. Thank you so much for tuning in to Missing the Point. And let's hope that as patient fans, Cowboys fans, and Bears fans homesick, that you do not leave this draft hating yourself. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter.
1: And living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.